Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks, as always, for being here. Uh, We've got a bunch of different exciting and kind of scary pieces of information to cover today. As far as what's going on with the economy, what's going on in the bond market, uh, we've got earnings coming up in like a week. We're really watching that. Uh, we've got some, uh, you know, tightening in the labor market as well, and that's uh, that's kind of interacting with the uh, the bonds market. So there's a lot going on. We've got uh, you know stocks kind of all over the place. We've got uh, you know investing challenge things we need to cover. See if we can't keep this going for the rest of the year. And uh, probably a little update on the uh, investment property that we are working on that uh, really got underway this week. Uh, so we're you know pretty much all demoed out, and uh, we're doing some uh, some updates over there. So we got the whole basement, all that uh, that wood panelings out. We've got uh, drywall in; it's all mudded. We're getting painted. We uh, demoed the bathrooms, got the kitchen prepped. It's uh, it's just kind of ongoing. But uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's rolling along nicely. Uh, hopefully when I can, uh, get this thing refied, it's not at 8% because that is definitely killer right now. And, uh, really cutting into that cash flow that I was hoping to have from this property. But, um, yeah, going forward, let's, uh, let's take a look at what the, uh, the market is doing. And, um, I think the NASDAQ is up a bit, a decent amount, but, uh, ultimately it gave away a lot, uh, over the past couple of days. So we are up about, uh, three quarters of a point today on the NASDAQ. Uh, S&P is up about a quarter of a point. The Dow is down about uh, a tenth of a point. Uh, so what are we looking at here as far as uh, winners? Uh, Marathon's way down for me. MPC is a big loser for me. Uh, L3 Harris also in the, the, the losing category, down about 3.6%. Uh, Chevron's uh, down about uh, 2.8%. So definitely taking it under the chin in the uh, the oil and gas sector. Uh, Tesla moving up about four and a half percent, which is nice to see. And uh, Palantir moving up about four and a half percent. Some other uh, growth stock names moving up. So we expected that when I said that the NASDAQ is up. Uh, DraftKings, Matterport, Enphase up. Google moving up pretty decent. Uh, Enphase is still just taking it on the chin. It is definitely a battleground of a stock and uh, very, very painful. This is all jumping around right now for me. Uh, and face sitting around 115.80, which is uh, uh, definitely off of those highs earlier this year in the what low to mid 300s. Uh, so that's definitely painful. Uh, Amazon, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on on those. Uh, some of these big tech names, right? We've got uh, Amazon sitting at uh, let me click right on Amazon here 125.95 as I am recording this. And I still think that that is going to be an undervalued stock for uh, some of the things that they reported earlier this year and uh, really where they're sitting right now. I believe uh, it was uh, middle of September, we hit 145 and now we're about 20 points uh, south of that. So uh, we had a lot of great news, a lot of great uh, consumer news and spending habits. Unfortunately, we're giving a lot of those gains back. But uh, uh, some of these names, I still think that they could be decent buys uh, when this market gets settled out. And, you know, last time I really thought that uh, 
uh, within the next one to two weeks, we should uh, exhaust a lot of this sell side pressure. Uh, I really thought, uh, you know, we were getting out of uh, September. We were getting out of a lot of that uh, that pain and pressure that we had, uh, the seasonality of the market. Uh, but we kind of keep getting some some bad news. We get this uh, this news of a, a worsening, tightening labor market. Uh, you know, housing data. A lot of the uh, the buyers that were out there that were still looking to buy at eight uh, percent, well, they've either already bought a house, uh, they gave up trying to find something that they want with eight percent, or uh, seasonality and people just not looking to buy now that school's kind of back in session, and uh, things have just slowed down a bit out there. So some of these markets have definitely cooled. They had multiple offers, uh, you know, maybe over the summer, June, July, August. And now they're fighting to get uh, even a couple offers. Uh, so it's uh, it's definitely uh, mixed kind of news out there, depending where you are looking to purchase. But uh, it looks like overall, a lot of that lag effect is really kind of kicking in. And the fact that so many people, uh, so many institutions had locked up so much money at these low two, three, four percent rates. Um, you know, the the fact that they have uh, you know refied at those times. And people really don't want to get out of those those rates that they have uh, is really being problematic to the overall story of what's going on out there. So money was cheap for a long time, uh, both as uh, consumers and as corporations. And now no one really wants to go ahead and borrow now that rates are so much higher. So we definitely have a lagging effect of that kind of pressure and the the low, super low rates, uh, historic rates that we had during COVID. And now that we're out of that, it just seems like uh, we're going to end in a, a, a sort of a lull. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that, you know, it used to be three to six months of a lag effect from what the Fed did to what we would actually feel in the economy. And now they're saying it's a little bit longer than that with the amount of money that has been borrowed uh, and kind of pumped into the system over the past three years. And I, I'm starting to think that that might be uh, a very accurate assessment as to what's going on out there. The fact that we're feeling a lot of these things uh, a little bit later, just with the amount of money that was pumped in. So uh, we definitely got to be uh, cautious of that. And the, the Fed really needs to watch what's happening with that as well. But uh, that does kind of lead me into the bonds talk, right? Uh, we were looking at the 10-year and the fact that uh, it was kind of continuing to climb. And I really thought with the, uh, the government shutdown being averted, having a little less risk out there, meant that uh, you know we were going to see uh, these these rates come back down on the 10 year and uh, they kind of kept pushing higher right we were at uh, what four point um, I just had it pulled up 4.7 I believe was the number on the day and uh, it actually it did end up coming back down a, a couple basis points sorry I'm trying to open something and I just keep getting the uh, the video to play I'm gonna have to turn this down but uh, yeah we've got uh, these rates coming back down. Uh, marginally, which is, I think, helping the NASDAQ today. But, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, they were still kind of pushing higher, which is uh, really doesn't make sense with the backdrop of, um, you know, the government shutdown being kind of averted and uh, a couple other things going on out there. So as we uh, kind of kick the can down the road with the uh, the government spending, you would think that, uh, you know, the, the yields would come back down. But uh, the opposite is kind of happening. So there's a lot of talk out there about a lot of money managers must be shorting the 10-year uh, and able and making those rates go higher. A lot of uh, you know pressure on the the actual bonds themselves. 
and uh, you know pushing that rate higher and higher. Uh, so another thing to yet worry about again, as uh, you know, people are making money hand over fist on uh, the amount of money that they have been able to short the uh, the ten year, and they just continue to drive these rates higher. Uh, so a lot of different things out there that we're trying to watch, a lot of different things we're trying to navigate. I think eventually something's going going to break, right? We can't keep shorting this uh, this ten year and see these rates go up, and uh, you know there, there's going to be some pain in there at some point, and uh, I think we're going to have to get to that point where it's going to break before uh, ultimately we're going to see stocks and, and equities go ahead and rise again, and that is uh, is certainly troublesome out there as far as what we are looking at as investors and really knowing where to put money. Do we look at bonds at this time? Uh, you know, do we get in and, and lock in some 4.7% uh, yields? What do we really do? What's the play? And uh, man, I, I'm, I'm not a bond specialist. Uh, I'm really, you know, as I say on the intro, I'm not a uh, financial pro. But uh, I think if you are in the age group where you need to start thinking about retirement, bonds certainly make sense from the standpoint that they're going to be less volatile and you're going to have that uh, that kind of slow and steady growth uh, from having uh, bonds in your portfolio. Uh, if you need to cash out and you need to go ahead and spend some of your money in retirement, uh, you know the, the bond funds are going to be there. That's kind of the thing with bonds that a lot of people don't really think about. If you need the money, you can always sell the bond and uh, you know get that cash in order to, to live. You know with stocks, that, uh, that stock might be down a multiple of uh, 10, 20, 30 percent or more. And that's not when you want to sell them, right? So having those bonds in there is kind of a safety net that is cash-like, but still growing versus uh, having it all in equities, which is going to be a lot more volatile. So that's a lot of the reason why people want to have bonds in a fund that is closer to retirement. Uh, and I believe we we talked about the the rule of 120, uh, subtract your age, uh, and then you know the, the breakdown between stocks and bonds. Uh, so, you know, the, as you get older, uh, you're going to have a higher percentage of bonds based on your age. You could look up the rule of 100 or the rule of 120, uh, and just type in bonds and it'll, it'll break it down for you. But, um, yeah, so that's what I got out there. Uh, I'm definitely watching that and how it's affecting the stock market. The, the bond market is much bigger, although, uh, you know, not as much of a, a spectacle to watch. Uh, it's not really on the uh, the stock market so much, so you're not getting that uh, glitz and glamour of uh, Wall Street. It's a lot quieter, and uh, you know, not as many changes. So it's uh, kind of slow and steady wins the race, I guess, on some of that. But uh, definitely, if you're looking for growth, there's going to be better ways to uh, invest your money to get a more of a return. But uh, bonds are certainly going to be that slow and steady approach. And have that uh, you know kind of cash like um, you know backing to where you can take it out at pretty much any point in time and not lose your your shirt on selling uh, where you might with a a stock or an equity. Uh, so that's uh, that's what I got there. We've got uh, some delivery numbers from Tesla. They came out. Uh, let me see if I can't pull these up. I'm sure this is going to be uh, right front page news on uh, on one or two places here. We've got. Um, Numbers came out. It was about four hundred and thirty-five thousand. And as I'm saying, I'll be able to find it easily. I'm I'm looking in the wrong spaces. So um, let me take a look here. Go uh, 
old Google. We'll see what we got there. But uh, yeah, the uh, uh, numbers came in light, right? We were about uh, 20,000 vehicles under on the actual deliveries. Uh, but I believe they are delivering more than they're actually producing, which is kind of the opposite problem from what we had a couple of years back where we were producing more than we were actually delivering. Uh, and then the stock or the uh, actual production got cut and uh, we we had to go about it the other way. And now we're in the spot where we're making more than we're producing, which I'm thinking is actually going to drive prices higher, which ultimately is a decent thing for us as investors. All right. So the uh, delivery numbers actually came in um, at 435,059 vehicles for the third quarter. Uh, production was actually 430,488. So we've got uh, more deliveries than we actually produced. Uh, so hopefully that gives us a little bit of pricing power to go ahead and uh, you know maybe moderate out some of these uh, these price uh, you know cuts that we've seen and actually kind of get back to uh, some of those higher margins that we were looking at before. We've got um, uh, some downtime in some different plants that Tesla was uh, citing. That was some of the cause for the miss in uh, actual deliveries, which was uh, expected to be 461,000. But uh, it really doesn't look like that affected the stock so much. Uh, and if you actually zoom out, um, you know, probably about uh, right around three years, it's 30, 33 months. So just a couple months shy of three years. Uh, if we look at that, uh, we, we were actually around the same kind of price point uh, for Tesla at that time, right? Uh, as far as this, the share price, the, the, the valuation here. So I'm thinking that uh, we've had a long time to kind of build up um, our positions. We've had uh, you know, definitely some sell-offs in there as well. We got down into the low 100s. Uh, so if you bought you know, this time uh, last year, you're definitely seeing a lot of gains. But uh, if you've been in this one a long while, it almost just kind of feels like it's not really moving anywhere, right? Uh, so I'm thinking that... Uh, Personally, I think a lot of their their best days are ahead of them, for the fact of uh, you know a lot of the things that they're trying to get into the AI, the battery tech, the uh, full self driving, a lot of different lanes that they really haven't uh, seen the growth in yet. I'm thinking that could be a lot of the driver going forward, and uh, I'm going to continue to remain long on this one. Uh, now, if you're looking at uh, Bank of America, uh, one of their analysts actually says that. Um, you know, we might want to think about getting out of some of these big names, uh, the big seven, right? Your NVIDIA's, your uh, Apple's, Amazon's. Now, I can make an argument for that. They've definitely seen some some massive returns over the past uh, 12 months or so. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't really see getting out of these names. Uh, when you're looking at uh, some of the banks, they're definitely under a lot of pressure. They have, you know, definitely sold off. This one uh, really surprised me when I looked at Bank of America earlier and I saw it with a 25 at the front of the uh, the price, right? We're at 25.68 right now. And uh, we are pretty much at a yearly low um, today on Bank of America. We're pushing about 3.7%. And um, I know there's a lot of loan losses that they're concerned about. They're talking about a weaker dollar. Uh, dollar's going to get hit. Uh, stay in real assets, says Bank of America's uh, Michael Hartnett. And... Um, let me read uh, what they said here in this article. Uh, he said, a concern, he said, is that government spending is high while monetary policy is likely to become more accommodative. Uh, U.S. government spending is 44% of gross domestic product. 
below the level during the COVID-19 pandemic, but more or less in line with those seen during the 2008-09 financial crisis. Spending to remain elevated because 24 is a critical election year, uh, while the Federal Reserve will feel intense pressure to cut interest rates. Uh, I want to be in real assets over financial assets, he said. Uh, real assets, uh, investments such as precious, precious metals, real estate, and infrastructure tend to perform best when inflation picks up. Uh, so Bank of America has predicted a recession next year. Remember a couple of weeks ago, they also said that we uh, expected about 7% rise in the S&P 500 uh, by the end of this year. Uh, so he advised uh, buying international and value stocks and suggested that investors should consider selling the so-called Magnificent Seven group of technology stocks, which includes NVIDIA and Apple. Uh, so, uh, you know, kind of goes on to say a little bit more, but that is definitely kind of confusing to me, right? They they say that the market is going to go up. The S&P is going to go up. We're going to find a recession. But at the same time, I'm also seeing other things from, uh, you know, people coming out with uh, price targets on NVIDIA yet going up again. I'm seeing, you know, different companies saying that uh, oil is going up. And then I see an, another company saying that oil is going to $70. It is just all over the place. And you really need to define what kind of stocks and what kind of quality that you want to buy and put in your portfolio. Right now, I really think that the, uh, you know, the high quality names that uh, have a predictable income, uh, reliable dividends, cash flow, uh, cash on the books to pay more in the way of dividends are the names where I want to be. Right now, I don't know that Apple, you know, I've, I've talked about this one before. I don't know that it really makes sense to get out of Apple. But I also did my kind of, you know, back of the notebook valuation on where Apple should be. And I told myself that if it were in the 140s, that might be where I want to buy it. But I also don't think that people are going to run out of it. It seems like every time we talk about some pain, people run to Apple for the fact that they are uh, such a tried and true company. They've got enough cash on the books to do anything that they want. And uh, it doesn't really look like people are leaving their products. We've also got their uh, their services segment that continues to grow. So I don't know that you know selling out of some of these names really makes sense to me. I can certainly say some of them are overvalued, but that doesn't mean that uh, they're not going to continue to be overvalued. Uh, but I don't know that I'm buying them, right? Um, so especially, especially NVIDIA, right? Uh, I continue to see a lot of growth left in this company. Uh, they are just at the beginning innings of AI. And I think a lot of different things are going to happen there where uh, NVIDIA is going to remain the front runner. Um, let me actually pull that one up. Let me take a look at NVIDIA. I know that peg ratio is crazy cheap. We're not paying that much for the growth that they are returning. It's just going to be a matter of how long can that growth uh, kind of continue, right? We're looking at 100% revenue growth for 24 and over 200% revenue growth by uh, the end of 25. Uh, so NVIDIA did you know, jump up off these lows. I think we were looking at it at 408. I threw it out there for an investing challenge. I said, I want to take a look at this one. I think it makes a lot of sense to buy. Uh, no one was with me on it, but that's okay. Um, I still think that it is going to be a great name long term. Uh, it has come up off those lows or you know, this recent low to about 437. Uh, we've got, um, where is that new price point on um, on NVIDIA? We got, I'm reading an article saying that in, Intel stock is rising. Here's how its new spinoff could help it beat NVIDIA. 
which uh, I think Intel's got to get out of their own way in a lot of respects. But um, analyst research on NVIDIA. What is the new price point? I want to say it was City, but I'm not 100% certain on that. Uh, I was wrong. It was uh, KeyBank. They are saying that the price target just issued yesterday for NVIDIA is $750. And, uh, you know, right before that, Goldman came out at 605, New Street at 635. There are uh, currently 40 ranked analysts saying that we've got about 47% of upside on this stock. I don't think that that is wrong. I don't want to just simply go by what the analysts are saying. I'm looking at the revenue. I'm looking at the the price that we are paying, the peg ratio, uh, to really say that this is at a discount for where it is right now at 436. I know that number sounds daunting. It is a lot of money, but if you were looking to put a thousand dollars into a name, a thousand dollars in a name is is a thousand dollars in another name, right? It still represents the same amount of uh, value that you are willing to place on that company. Granted, you might only get two shares with NVIDIA and you might get, uh, you know, I don't know, 150 shares of another company, whatever that number is, you're still getting the same amount of dollars put into that uh, that individual company. So uh, I still think that that one's got a lot of growth left in it. I am not running for the hills on that one. Uh, another thing that I wanted to point out, I'm reading and hearing a lot of different things about commercial real estate being really in the crosshairs of what's going on in uh, everyone kind of running out of um, office space, right? That used to be an asset and now it's kind of turned into a liability. Uh, so we've got, uh, oh, Realty Income, which I was looking at, uh, I think we bought it two weeks ago for the investing challenge. Um, it's down under $50 now. We're sitting at $49.31. Uh, we're getting about six and a quarter percent of, uh, of dividend, right? But is this going to be a problem? Are people looking to get out of this? Are we simply all going to a remote model? Um, there's a lot of fear out there as to what is next for these companies. And uh, they're definitely taking uh, you know, a, a beating in the stock market for simply being in that space at this time. Uh, Kevin O'Leary actually just came out and said that uh, a lot of regional banks are really going to feel a lot of pain, potentially going bankrupt. Uh, let me see if I got that uh, that article back. Uh, but he was saying that uh, these uh, these commer smaller commercial banks, a lot of their value, a lot of their assets are in the real estate that they own for their their banking locations. And uh, simply, if we're not using those banking locations, and the uh, the commercial real estate is not worth as much, um, are they as valuable as uh, as they really should be? You know, uh, if they lose that to about forty percent of their assets. And uh, the the banks are no longer needed. We don't nearly need as many um, you know storefronts anymore. Uh, and we can simply do a lot of different things online, right? You you might have to go in for a couple things, but it's not like it used to be. Is it really going to uh, remain that these companies are going to be able to be solvent, or are they going to have to close doors for simply not being able to? Uh, are they going to take that loss on all that real estate that they do have? Uh, so we're, we're definitely looking at a lot of different things here. I, I really want to be uh, mindful as to what's going on out there. Um, you know, oh, and, and Realty Income, I still think that this is a, uh, a decent company. I know they are in a lot of different segments. Uh, I'm trying to look at their mix of uh, properties here. We, I know we've talked about how many they have, about 12,000 properties. Uh, currently around 12,100 are leased and 126 are available for sale. 
Uh, we've got uh, retail industrial clients that have a service, non-discretionary or low price point component to their business. Uh, they include retail, gaming, industrial, and other types such as agriculture and office, which the office is uh, is definitely concerning. So think about that when you're getting into some of these uh, these names. Maybe that's the reason why uh, O has been selling off. And I noticed that it was uh, getting at that 6% dividend. That is one of the reasons that I wanted to buy this one. But uh, that could be a, uh, a massive liability for uh, any company that uh, operates in that, that commercial real estate, right? Uh, not simply just uh, the, the owners of the property, but uh, as well as uh, some other ones like these banks that we haven't really talked about before. And that could be certainly a, a pain point uh, for these companies going forward. Uh, in other news, we've got, uh, you know, uh, Sam Bankman Freed. Um, or Sam Bankman fraud, uh, however you want to call them from FTX, uh, you know, going on the record about, you know, potentially looking to uh, buy Trump out of the election, potentially giving him up to $5 billion in 2020. Uh, he was considering that in order to make him not run for uh, the president. And uh, yeah, a whole ongoing story over there as that whole thing, that whole debacle unfolds and uh, really kind of shows you how many uh backroom dealings are being done every day in order to get uh, what someone wants out there. So um, hopefully, uh, you know, he definitely gets uh, justice for for all the people that lost money in the whole FTX thing. That is certainly uh, a problematic situation. I did see that, uh, you know, Bitcoin kind of did come up off of some of these uh, recent lows. And we, we definitely had some upside on a lot of the uh, the crypto coins. And I'm trying to get back over here. We were sitting around 27. Uh, we're, we're moving up a little bit today on Bitcoin. 27,944 on one Bitcoin. Uh, Ethereum sitting at 1660. And uh, hopefully if we get that uh, approval on that spot ETF, we could see uh, Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum potentially move up significantly going forward. Uh, but really, that's about all the time that I've got for you guys today. I think we covered a little bit of everything here. Uh, with what's going on in bonds, um, you know, some of the yields that are getting pushed up for the fact that uh, investors are, are massively shorting this space. We've got a lot of different uh, uncertainty out there in, in Washington and uh, problems around the world that are really kind of causing some, uh, some massive sell-off in equities. And uh, hopefully we can get through this fairly quickly and start to see that turnaround that I was talking about in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, I think we're at some point we're going to exhaust a lot of these sellers and we're going to start to see the market move back up. And uh, hopefully we, you know, kind of roll into the holiday season, see that Santa Claus rally and uh, get some good news in the market. Uh, but like I said, that's all the time that I got for you guys today. So thank you very much for stopping by. Please make sure you like, subscribe and share. And I will talk to you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on eTrade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. 
and a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.